Now that we've become global superstars with Rewind the Movies podcast, we thought we'd hand it over to the listeners so you can suggest a film that we can review. And one of our listeners picked a film. Um, I believe the other listener um, didn't see the tweet. And he chose The Boy Who Could Fly. I will admit, it's probably not a film we would have picked this early to do. Um, It probably would have been one of the Scrape in the Barrel movies. We had seen the film probably 30 years ago. So it was really nice to do a film which wasn't a favourite of ours. But like a fine wine, has the film aged well or does it still fall a little bit short? Anyway, here are our thoughts and here is the episode. Prague this week is by the boy who could fly, I should say. Um, I think it was your suggestion after um, Evan did the dirty on us one night and, um, and, and didn't want to do a podcast, so we've decided to do this one. Um, was it your suggestion? I, I suggested it because if you uh, we had a recommendation off a listener. Oh. <laughs> oh, one of only three listeners. Actually, I don't even think he listens to us. He no, just he follows doesn't. us on social media. Yeah, I think he might listen to this episode or if we tell him that what we're doing. All right, so shout out to David Howells. I was going to say lifelong fan, but yeah, no, he's not. Oh. Basically, he's not. Um, yeah, Die... So David um, goes on about this film, I think, quite a bit. Specifically, yeah. one scene where um, Millie hits her head. Yes, and I'll, I'll come on to the, onto that a little bit later because I've I often get it confused with something. But what's your memories of the film? Well, I watched this when I was very young, and it's the only time I've ever watched it until now. Uh, I think I was about seven or eight years old and it was a birthday party. I don't think it was mine. I think it was either my sister's or my brother's and they their birthdays are within a month of each other. So 5th of August to 1st of September. And I remember this being rented for you know all the kids that were turning up and it was put on. Um, I I sat down with a few others and watched it all, but you know, kids being kids, a lot of the others were just running around the house, out in the garden, doing whatever. Because I do remember as well it being a really nice day, yeah. And uh, my father wasn't doing a barbecue, which he would normally do for a birthday party if it's nice weather. But uh, you know, they had all the outside decked out. There was cakes. There was you know buffet food, all this kind of stuff. But I distinctly remember sitting down and watching this film from start to finish. It's um, and I'll tell you mine as well. So I I can't remember exactly when, but I think I would have been a bit older. <clears throat> and do you know? Again, we, we often talk about renting a video from a video shop, and I would have rented this from Valentine Video on the Gadless. Yeah. So on Gadless Road. Majority of the viewers w- wouldn't know where this is, but it's it's, it's, it's a, an area of Aberdeer uh, where we grew up. Um, and they had a small video shop, or video rental shop, I should say, which was on a row of houses, and it was basically someone's front room. I was just going to say that. It was someone's front room that they just turned into a video yeah, shop. Yeah. I don't know if you ever went there, because it was slightly a little bit out of your local area, but not too far away. I, but, well, I remember it being close to where you first lived. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, literally, it would have been on the hill. Yeah, a few doors up and yeah. opposite. Um, but basically, yeah, you went into this place, um, and I'm pretty sure this, this memory is correct. You would walk in, maybe a little bell or something would tell someone in, um, that there was someone in the in the shop. Yep. And the the gentleman there would come out from his back room, which was his house, and yeah, and just watch you as you, you know, look through the videos. Um, and I remember, and just before we came on um, online here, I, I looked at the cover art or the or what would have been on the VHS cover, and I have a vague memory of Eric being in one window and Millie being in the other. And them looking at each other, but I've just found the picture, which I think it is, and it's not. It's Eric sort of floating, and Millie in the window, and he's there with the rose or the flower to give it to her. And I'm pretty sure that's what would have been the cover art at the time. That's the I, one I remember. Yeah, I I don't remember much of about the film, other than yes, towards the end of the film he flies. Spoiler of spoiler alert there, but. Yeah, I can't remember much else until I watched it recently. So, like you, I've probably gone thirty-ish years without seeing it. Yeah, when I was watching it today, I remembered as I was watching, it, I remembered element those elements from before, but I I didn't remember a whole lot in terms of plot or story. Not to say that there's a lot anyway, but um, I remember well, certain details. And also, yeah, I was exactly the same. I watched it, and all of a sudden, I'm seeing actors that I knew that I didn't even associate with the film. First yeah. one being Fred Savage. I, yeah. I honestly didn't know he was in the film. And then he, he's the one person that I remember distinctly remember from the film because he's in my favorite scene. Right. Um, and I also remember Lucy Deakins because she was my first crush growing up. In from Great Outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I, I remember the character, specifically him in the big wheel going around trying to get around the block. Um but yeah I did didn't put two and two together that that was um Fred Savage. But I couldn't believe that Holly Gennaro was in it. Well I was gonna say this. <laughs> so I was watching the film and you know, the opening scenes are more or less the family move into the new area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking, I know that that face. Where do I know? So I had to Google it, found out it was um, Holly from Die Hard. Bonnie Bedelia, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then found out she's the aunt to Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, again... All these little things you do when you yeah, you know, when you're watching a film and then you research, yeah. I know, I'm sure you'll get to Kevin Bacon soon, so uh Well and also <laughs> while we're talking about it, Eric was bug in um Uncle Buck. Yeah, that's right. Um, the other one I couldn't believe that was in it, and I completely forgot about it, was you might not know her that well, but Louise Fletcher, who was who won an Oscar for one floor over the cuckoo's nest. Is she the teacher? She's the no. She's the main nurse in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. No, but who is she in this? Oh, sorry. She's the doctor that goes to see uh, the, Millie, the psychiatrist. In the yeah, 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 yeah. So she's only in it for like five minutes, but she was. She's like ten years removed from winning an Oscar for Best Actress, and she got a bit part. Yeah. 
it's um i i was looking at because everyone seems to know this film right but no one really seems to have no one no one really has seemed to watch it recently it's one of well, those type of films i i'm just gonna say what my housemate do you know adam yeah he never heard of this film before today until i told him about it and I can get that because I do think it's one of those films that sort of goes underneath the the radar. I think it's because it's so of its time. It's it's such an eighties movie. Look, we're going to get into this, right? It's a kids movie, but it's not a movie that someone growing up in the nineties is going to watch. No, no. Or someone it... growing up in the noughties is going to watch. You're not going to go back to a film like this even though you're a kid. And if it was made in the 90s, it's a very, very different film. Yeah. But I don't think it would ever get made. No. I I would say as well, if it was made in a different decade, a decade where we weren't growing up or of that age, I don't think we would have watched it. Nah, nah. And for me, right, if this had Disney slapped on it, you know, Disney live action, um, those sort of bed knobs and broomsticks and what have you. It's, it's not a million miles away, or not a million miles removed from that. It's that type of film, if you get what I mean, where not much I happens, think that's what. Yeah, I think that's what they were going for. But I do think they missed the mark. Yeah, uh, but I started watching the film, right? And yeah. you guys are get into it now. I started watching the film and I, I, I'm starting to enjoy it. Right, okay. And I, I don't know if it's because I was remembering watching it years ago or whether it was well acted or whether the storyline... I was intrigued to know about Eric. I was intrigued to know where he was. And, you know, and it's put on very early on that, you know, he thinks he can fly. Plus... The bloody film is called The Boy Who Could Fly. Mm. So so you're thinking, okay, when are we going to get to the point where he's going to fly? And I don't know. I, I We often talk about films. And I, what film did we do where, oh, I tell you straight away, it was The Explorers, where the first part of the film intrigued me. Right, okay. The second part just lost me totally. And there's an element of that in this. Okay. The the world building they had at the beginning, where you're learning about the family moving there, then they then you then meet the neighbours and you meet the uncle as well. It, it it did capture my imagination. I will admit, but that's that's a, that's good. But and there's a huge but. Yeah. After the film finished, I thought to myself, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> I'm going to tell you now, I enjoyed it, right? But not for the reasons that I hoped. <laughs> I've I've written down here what I think the film is in one sentence. What? It's a spoof film without the intentional jokes. <laughs> it is so hammy, right? It's deliberately sentimental. It is creepy in part. I mean, he just turns up in her room when he doesn't know her. I mean, now she's not screaming the house down, I'll never know. 
be a, it could be a horror film that you know that one scene where you first see him on on the windowsill. She's in the mirror, she moves, she's there in the windowsill. And you're like, Fuck! Yeah, exactly. Oh, that I was just as I said to you before we went before we started recording, I've written so many notes. But most of those notes are question are questions. I'm just I don't even know where to start with it. I tell you what, right? Let me start with some of the things I liked about the film. Please, right? yeah, because yeah. I'll probably be able to come off the back of you because yeah. there, there are a couple of things that I I can sort of highlight that are positives. It, it, the film is trying to be something and it's trying to create an environment, right? And I've got a little note here which says about the music. I, I do believe the music in it is good. It it, cre- it creates an atmosphere at the beginning, right? But the atmosphere is whimsical. Right. Let's put it that way. And wondrous. That's not to say that it's good for the film. Okay. But yeah. what I'm saying is it, 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 it creates something and I, I, I was going along with it. Right. Okay. So there's obviously something at some point during the film where that music stopped working for you. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you straight away, and we'll come on to it in it. There's two points where the movie stopped working for me, and it's not necessarily the music. The realisation that she is getting feelings for a severely autistic, disabled person and potentially about to take advantage of that situation. And she is the carer, and he is the, the person who is needing support. Yeah. The second is the flying element. <laughs> this, uh, and I, I, I can talk about the actual effects. Uh, the CGI is awful, right? But I think remembering that it's made in the eighties, I don't think we need to hammer home that point. No, no, no. Let's just leave the let's just leave the special effects alone because it's of its time. Yeah, it, it, look, it's obviously done on a green screen mm-hmm. and the technology of that time, right? It, yeah. it, it's terrible, but you have to take it for what it is. So, I mean, they've got to get him to fly somehow, haven't they? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's just how they do it. And and, and the, the film just ends. He flies. There's a big hoo-ha about it. Bye-bye, Eric. End of film. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I thought at the very end... Maybe it's the version I saw, but I thought she jumped out the window at the end. <laughs> Do you know, I've written that down. I said there's an alternative ending where she thinks that she can fly herself and she commits suicide. Yes. And this, so this is where I was going to come to with the with, with our mate Di and his, uh, let's call it obsession, with the, the um, how she hits her head, right? Yeah. I thought... The end scene was her in the window thinking, if I wish hard enough, I can fly as well. She goes to fly. She goes to stand out of the window. She falls. She smashes her head, specifically her jaw and chin on the floor. Film ends. That's what you remembered. That's the, the <laughs> that's what I thought was going to happen. That's that is dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it builds the film up as, like I said, this sort of whimsical journey and whatever, and then bang, smashes you in the face. You're not too far away from where I I thought, you know, just just the, the toss of a coin, it could have gone there. 
because they're building it up at the end where she's giving all these bloody lines like anything is possible if you really try and then she, and then she goes to the window and i like i know i remember the ending right i know that nothing bad happened to her at the end yeah but there was part of me thinking they could they could go there like what would happen if they went there yeah and they and they just had her now stepping out the window trying to fly and she dies I mean, they're not going to do it. You're not going to do it in a film like this. It's a kid's film. You're never going to. It's never going to happen. <laughs> I think it changes the rating. What kind of message are they trying to give? I may as well bring this up as my best point. What I think is the best thing about the film, but I also think it's what a major weakness. Right? Its heart is in the right place. It's a children's film. It's trying to portray or trying to convey the message that you can over, overcome any obstacle, as it were. You know, you look at Fred Savage's character, um, Lewis, he manages to get around the block. That's his goal, isn't it? You look at Millie, right? I know it, it hasn't aged well, but there's a scene where she's with her quote-unquote mate, the neighbour that just pissed me off as soon as she came into this... Ge- Genevieve, Genevieve oh. or whatever her name is. Genevieve, yeah. Yeah, who, who looks like she's about 45. But the way she just walks into the house and grabs herself a Coke can, right, I would have chucked her out and thrown the Coke can at her. I hate that type of stuff. I mean, it's just bloody rude, right? <laughs> anyway... There's a scene where them two get drunk and they're watching romantic films and Millie is saying, oh, isn't it romantic? So you get the idea, or I got the idea or impression from there, that that's kind of what she's looking for. She And also, I think she's looking for some sort of escapism from the fact that her father died slash committed suicide, right? So there's, there's the film gives the gives this message of you can over, overcome an obstacle. The mother... Right, she le- finally learns how to use the computer for her job. Yeah, there's the obstacles. Right, Eric escapes the authorities. Yeah, so the- overcoming obstacles. The problem is, you're talking about someone who can fly. So when you get to the end and you got Millie's diary narration telling you anything is possible if you really try, and she step into the window. In my head, I'm thinking subliminally are you telling kids they can go on if they want to fly they can fly you know i know that's not what they go in for but it's in my head it's mishandled i got two points first one uncle uncle hugo he overcomes his challenge which is alcoholism yeah um, and i'll come on to uncle hugo in, in, a, in a moment but also one of the questions i've got is it a kid's film well, no adult is going to watch that and take it seriously, are they? But I, I don't know if it knows if it's a kid's film or an adult's film. Because it, what I'm trying to say is, I don't know if, it, if it's either. It falls somewhere in the middle and it falls short of both. The reason I took it as a kid's film is because even though Lucy Deakins, the actress, looks like she's 18 to 20 years old. She's supposed to be playing a 14-year-old. And it's all from her perspective. So that's why I took it as a sort of 
kids coming of age type fantasy film. I just, I just think it's, I just think it's today. It's just, it just seems mishandled. I, maybe I'm wrong, you know. Maybe other people are going to watch it and think completely different. But I, and also, I will admit that after the first ten minutes, I had accepted what I was watching. Uh, in so far as I was laughing at some stuff. And I know I'm not supposed to be laughing, but I was like, I'm going to enjoy this for what I think it is. And like I said, I thought, I think it's a spoof film without the intentional humour. I found humour in other areas. You know, one of the reasons I think it falls short of a kid's film or an adult's film is you are on this journey following a 14-year-old and on this lovely journey now where she's befriended an autistic person next door and she's supporting them and she starts to make breakthroughs. And then three quarters of the way through the film, you're hit with this bombshell about her dad. And and I, don't, I just don't know why it's there. They could have left it as her dad has passed away from cancer. It's hit the family hard. I, I think that is meant to be some sort of way that the characters can relate to each other. Because Eric's lost his parents, Millie's lost her father. So I, I think it was written into the script as, as as a device for the characters to sort of, or certainly on Millie's part, to find some sort of relation. I, I just think that you still could have had that with her father passing away from cancer. You didn't need to have the fact that he took his own life. And then my other point I was going to make around favourite aspect was Fred, Fred Savage, right? Mm. I, I think he's brilliant in it. And for such a young actor, I don't know what his age is in this film, but I'm, I'm assuming he's, I don't know, maybe seven, eight, maybe not even that old. But um, that scene where he talks about his dad committing suicide, why did he have to leave? Why couldn't he have fight, fought it? Why wasn't he thinking about us? That, those sort of things. I thought that was quite a powerful scene. Hmm? Well, um, I mean, in the right film, that would have been a very good scene, wouldn't it? It, it just—I get where you're coming from. It almost seems like it's from a different film, almost. Yeah, it, it, for me, the film just changed at that very point, and you think, actually, <laughs> I, I'm not entirely sure this is a kids' film anymore, and that's why I fall on the fence of what what are you trying to achieve, or what, who's your audience for this film? Yeah. Um, I liked Fred Savage as well. I think he's obviously a very good child actor, wasn't he? Uh, you know, you've, you've <laughs> he's really one. funny in it. Yeah, yeah. Really, I, really funny. But that doesn't mean I would want to gloss over some of the other performances. I think for the most part, the cast are good with what they're given. I think I think Lucy Deakins is is commendable in that role, given given the problems that we've already talked about, we think are in that storyline that arc with with between Millie and Eric you know there was a point I was aware of it all the way through because I remember the ending okay so I, I knew what was coming but there was a point during the film where I almost forgot that it should be a problem what was happening between them and I think that's to do with her I think she's very good in the film, and yeah. I haven't seen many films with her in, 
she didn't do a lot to be honest no. but she did she did a couple of films like this and uh great outdoors i think she, and she doesn't have a huge part in great outdoors does she really oh, she does not i think she went back to college i think she's like an attorney or something yeah she's a lawyer and which is quite funny because she was in law and order tv series for oh, she... as well. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I she, don't get me wrong. She played bit parts, and I think she played a di- number of different characters. But um, yeah, she, she's she's not acting anymore. That's for sure. Yeah, but, so no, I, I, I agree with you. I think she is probably a shining light with Fred Savage. Um, the mum, even to a certain degree, does well with what she's given, and also, you know, Fred Gwynn as the drunk uncle. I think he's okay. No, no. My problem is I can't see past Herman Munster because he was in the Munster TV um, series and I used to love that growing up. I obviously saw reruns of it. And yeah. um, as soon as I heard his voice, I knew it was him because I think there's a, the scene where Eric is coming back from some, you know, they're bringing him back after being assessed or being in an institute and you just hear him shouting in the background. Interesting fact about the Munsters, the pilot was filmed and it was in colour TV. Um, and then when it got aired, it was in black and white just to save some money. Oh, it wasn't in black and white because of the Adams family? No, no, just to oh, save right. money. Because the Munsters was made, created because of the Adams family, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and it was later, though, I think. Yeah. But um, yeah. anyway, side side bit there for you. Let's move on to favourite scene then. I think it's Lewis taking on the bullies. Is it specifically the the end one where he's going around the block for the first time, or for the final time, I should say? Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 him overcoming his obstacles. Yeah, I, I've got that as mine as well, actually. Yeah, I mean it's not as good as I remembered it, but it was still satisfying. Yeah, to see him get one over, especially the uh, the line about what what's that? What you're going to shoot me with your water pistol? It's not water. It's piss. <laughs> Uh, I I, rem- I would have watched that as a kid and probably burst out laughing, especially because like someone my age was swearing or something. Um, j- why were we just talking about Fred Savage, right? At the very end of the film, the, um, they're flying. They're in the school. They're flying away. They're mu- the mum is there because they're all looking for them. The police are looking for them. And the Fred Savage is home on his own. They just <laughs> left him. It's, it's funny that what the the one thing I picked up on out of all of that was like, um, who's looking after um, Lewis? Yeah, I think it would be more lax back then, wouldn't it? Because someone says to him, um, and I think this is a continuity error, and they might have changed something. Um, Lewis, go and tell your mum, and he runs back, going, mum, mum, um, Millie's flying, and I was thinking, yeah, but your mum's in the school, so yeah, that's I, true, yeah. So I don't know if they, you know, changed that about or just Lewis didn't know she was there. Who knows? Who mm. knows? Right, come on then. Changes or issues that we have with the film. I got some real um, little nitpicks I need to get out of the way, first of all. Go for it. In America, do they build houses that close to each other where you can physically spy into the bedroom next door? And it's like literally seven foot away from your window, however far it is. Because if I was in the 1980s and a pretty girl like Millie moved in next door to me, I, I reckon all my mates would be around constantly just trying to like <laughs> catch a, a glimpse. 
Well, hold on. Can I just piggyback off the house? Yeah, go on. I couldn't believe the one of the first lines I heard was, it's only got one bathroom, so we're going to have to share. <laughs> oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, and the house itself is like, it's huge. It's massive. <laughs> uh, and yeah, talking about that, I you know when she sees Eric up on the, the roof for the first time and she goes up to help him and then they come back through the attic, I was thinking, bloody hell, how big are the attics? How big was the ladder, but? Well, <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so I've touched on it already, but the one major thing that I've got an issue with is that she falls for a severely autistic person. Yeah. And I, I hope I'm not saying anything wrong here, right? But he's not just severely autistic, and I don't know the correct terms here, but he, he obviously has other issues as well because I know people that have autism and they can lead relatively straightforward lives not you know i don't want to use the word normal but i suppose i have to normal lives managing this their environments managing their situation but eric is quite far on that spectrum and the the fact that very early on she's talking about how attractive he potentially is and trying to ask that question if he wasn't the way he is would you deem him to still be attractive? Mm. So, and I know where the film is going, trying to go with this, and that is the fact that I, well, actually, I don't love, know. Love conquers all. Yeah. Is the film sort of suggesting that by him falling in love and seeing the light through Millie? that he will no longer be autistic anymore. I hope not. Because that's the sort of slight impression I was getting with it. Okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't think that, because I would have made the film even more creepy. And <laughs> Imagine how I, I felt watching it. Yeah, I, I went the other way. I saw it as them trying to... Again, and I'll go back to my earlier point about the film... The, is its heart is in the right place, yeah. Unfortunately, they put it in the arse of films, and it's shitting everywhere. The po- the problem I had is that, or what I thought they were trying to do is show through Millie that you can see the best in anyone, even yeah. this autistic boy who's not giving her. Anything. There's no emotion. He's not talking to her. He's not moving unless she moves him. Right? He may as well be a statue. Unfortunately. Right? But yet she still falls for him. Yeah. And and, and that's the issue I have. Because if that is the case, right, she's either fallen for him just on looks alone. Mm. Or she's fallen for him because of his situation of losing his parents, which is potentially similar to her. So she has someone to connect to. Yeah, it's a, think... bad, it's a bad message because she's not fallen for him because of any sort of personality. Yeah. Because he, unfortunately, the way he's portrayed in the film, he doesn't have one. 
So I think we're both on the same lines. We would not have had the love interest. I can completely get on board with her becoming close to him as a friend, looking out for him as a friend because she cares about his well-being. Yeah? yeah? But the romantic involvement is just... It was another reason why I was why I was thinking it's a spoof film because it's misplaced. I'm going to, right. Cause we've been talking about this. I've, I wrote down, there's a scene where he escapes the, the Institute and she, she sees him up on the roof when it's a torrential downpour and she goes into the attic and sees him there and he's like wet and freezing and all that. And they kiss and, I couldn't believe it when it happened. I actually laughed out loud and shouted at my TV. Do you know what? I don't think I saw the kiss. I saw the scene. I wonder if the version that I just saw <laughs> didn't have that scene in it. Oh, I bet you got saved. Because he reaches under the makeshift bed he's got in the attic and he pulls out this box that's got a wedding ring in it and he puts it on Lucy's wedding ring finger. And she accepts it. Right. I've, I, I've definitely seen a different version to this, right? Because my, I've got a query here on one of the changes. Or oh, not a change. I've just got a query. The ring on her finger, unless I missed something, was given to her in the dream. No. And then I questioned, right? Did she die when she fell? And the entire last third of the film is a dream. <laughs> I gotta go back and rewatch this. Seriously now, right? Because there is a scene where she you um towards the end you see her hand clearly and she's got a ring on it. Yeah. And I was thinking, whoa, that ring was given to her in a dream. No, it the... was it wasn't given to her in a dream, but the ring is clearly shown in the dream sequence because she No, 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 in, in the dream sequence. Eric gives her, in the version that I just watched, I, I'm positive Eric gives her a ring. Right. Uh, that's, not the, that's not the version I watched. Wait the a minute. Wait, wait. So, I've just re-watched the two scenes <laughs> that we've been discussing. The one where she goes from the hospital on a flying journey with Eric, and then where she sees Eric in the loft um, and he's cold. Um, and I don't know what I was um, smoking last night, but I, <laughs> I've obviously seen something else. So basically, she is given the ring from Eric while they're in the loft room and not in the hospital dream scene, which I thought. So my think, my thought path was that Eric had given her a ring in the dream. And then because you see her wearing the ring later in the film, it's you a cue to think, actually... Is she dreaming because yes. she's wearing the ring? Or, and I or think, is she unconscious? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that would have been a hell of an ending. It would <laughs> have been would... sort of Inception style. Are we that sleeping been... or not? Are we dead or are we not? That would have been oh. trippy, yeah. But my whole point about him giving her the ring, you know, how how is he how has he summoned enough emotion to know that he truly cares about Millie to give her him his mother's wedding ring? Right when they're fourteen, by the way, and also she accepts it, 
I laughed out loud and I shouted at the TV, fuck off. Honestly, <laughs> I was gone. I was gone. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, the ring has blown my mind now. Oh, it's I, just... thought, I thought the film was something else. But I get what you mean. Yeah. All of a sudden, this this guy who could do nothing other than make paper aeroplanes and put his arms out pretending to fly has enough sort of notion to yeah get his wedding ring out and give it to Millie. Yeah, I know. Go on, I got any other points? Oh, I got I got a few. I'll try and pick out what I think are the major ones because we might be here for a while otherwise. How much blind faith has she got that she will just step off a building with him? <laughs> if I'm not being funny, right? Someone can tell me they can fly all they want. They gotta show me first before I will dive head first over the edge with them. Also, don't just walk off a building. Do you gotta try and fly? Do it from a foot up. Why do they always go from a building top? <laughs> one big one I had was Eric's over their house having dinner, over Millie's house having dinner. They all, for different reasons, are not in the room. Eric's eating his own. He's just eating a plain bowl of spaghetti. By well, I, one of my notes, who the fuck just eats plain spaghetti? <laughs> well, Eric. Eric. Well, I'm not family for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> was there any other sides? I didn't see any no, sides. I didn't see anything. It was spooned on their plate as like pale spaghetti. And yeah, they just started eating. Don't get me wrong, I like spaghetti, but not on its fucking own. And not four nights in a row. <laughs> as as the mother comments, right? But they all leave him in the room. They they go upstairs, they're all up in their bedrooms, like having a half or whatever. And then like some fucking savant. He managed to find all the equipment for the old home movies. He puts on an old home movie that happens to star the father that's passed away. They all come back down and are now happy families because they're reminiscing about the dad that isn't there. It's just it's so forced sentimentality, right? This is another scene where I was like, oh my god, shaking my head, laughing because I was just because I was taking the film a different way than what it was supposed to. Yeah, yeah. I think deep down, see, Eric isn't autistic. I think he's, I think he's doing this to get a girl. <laughs> well, I I took it slightly differently, not thinking that he was doing it to get a girl, <laughs> but he has got some sort of like PTSD or whatever you call it. Yeah, it's after, repressed. After his, yeah, yeah, after his parents passed away. I also thought at one point, have I not remembered this? And did his parents die on a flight to France or Spain or wherever they were going? But Eric survived. And, and, and Eric flew away or something. And, you know, Why I, didn't they put that in the film? <laughs> it would have been some X-Files or something. Yeah, exactly. Because I the reason I was I, I had a double take about Eric and his uh, motives, as they were, is that he flies with Millie at the end, right? I mean... Why they don't just start flying as soon as the authorities are there, but they run to the school and, again, jump off a building. That's where they've got to fly from. Yeah? But he waits until everyone is outside her bedroom window, and that's when he kisses her. Yeah. But, 
I, I've got a whole issue, one massive issue with our entire scene, right? If you're going to fly, don't fly past everyone. Come down and do a slam dunk with a basketball. And the fact that you've, you know, you haven't moved uh, or reacted apart from the baseball. And all of a sudden, he couldn't catch a volleyball, but he slam dunk a basketball. Yeah, yeah. Some jock throws up a ball and he goes, hey, Eric, and he slam dunks it. But yeah. at the same time, they're flying and they're flying through the carnival. At, at about six foot off the ground, flying through the stalls, and you're thinking, come on. I And this is why, again, I was thinking, you've now turned back to a kid's film. Yeah. You've just and how fast they dark. fly in. Or yeah, how, exactly. You've gone through some dark fast. things, and now you, you, you've come back to this, yeah, this kid's film. And again, that, that kiss at the end. And then Eric has the intelligence to know they're not going to leave me alone, so I better fly away. Yeah. And, and Millie writes this in her journal. And, uh, oh, don't think, get me started on the fucking diary narration. Ah, and, and you think, oh, come on. Also, I got another point. Do you know when we watched Twins a couple of weeks back? Yeah. And in the back of the car, Arnie puts his arm up and he, he, he um, rips, rips the shirt. shirt. And there was a euthanism which I found out for the first time after 39 years, <laughs> um, for sexual arousal. I reckon there's a similar scene in this, and it's when the kite flies for the first time. It's, <laughs> it's Eric's sexual arousal sort of awakening. I did not take it that way. <laughs> Is the problem, though, because you've been made aware of that scene in Twins, you're looking for it in every film you watch. Every film, I'm looking for the sexual arousal metaphor. I took that as in Eric is magic. He caught a baseball. Now he's making a gust of wind come and the kite's flying. Because uh, every time, did you notice that every time a gust of wind was like cured, Eric was either flying or he appeared? Maybe it's a bit like um, The Wonderful Life. You know, every time the bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Every time the wind blows, Eric flies. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step on your. Good point about the music as well here, sorry. But there's there's one particular music cue that happens five or six times in the film and it's to signify, I know why it's in there, it's to signify something magical is going to happen or this is an emotional moment. And after the second or third time, it absolutely pissed me off. Do you think you hated it because you're aware of it and you're aware of sort of techniques that filmmakers use? I think so. Yeah, that's 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 fair. If you think about Jurassic Park, for example, they use certain music throughout. You know, I, I always think back, you know, the, the main John Williams score, you know, it's throughout the film but they might slow it down, they might put a different tempo on it, or, you know, or a different beat. You know, I'm not musical. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you mean. And what I was trying to get at at the beginning, the, the, it's not that the music was amazing. I just, I did feel it pulling me in from the beginning, but there was a point in the film mm. where the whole film lost me. Yeah. I, I, I just thought at the very beginning, oh, this, this could be going somewhere. And as an adult, am I going to get a different experience with it? 
and I got a different experience, but unfortunately, it wasn't a positive one. Yeah, not the one you were hoping for, yeah. That's, yeah, that's fair enough, yeah. I think also, because I had already kind of made my mind up about what I thought the film was about 10 minutes in, I don't think that helped either, so... So go on, let's go on to the final point and the final area, I should say, and that's recommend. I, I'm pretty sure I know what you, you're going to say, but would you recommend? Well, you don't know what I'm going to say because, yes, I would recommend, but not for the reasons that you might think. I'm shocked. Because I have recommended this to my housemate, Adam, and I called it, quote-unquote, the greatest comedy that wasn't supposed to be a comedy. <laughs> now, I don't like talking about films like that. Yeah. I, I really don't, because it's fucking hard work making a film, let alone a successful one, let alone a good one, right? I do not want to sit here for nearly an hour ripping on people for something they spent, what? Perhaps eight to 12 months of their life working on some of them, you know, it's, it's not nice, but I also don't want to lie and pussyfoot around certain things. Yeah, I'm really glad, right? We, we've done, a, we've done loads of films recently, which have been favorites of ours growing up and some of them still hold well. And some of them, you know, when we post on social media, oh, this film is this week's episode, we get a really good response and people are like, oh, I love that film. But this one, for me, falls really short. I, I, I generally think, right, it had the potential to be very good, but they just fell down on a couple of things. And I've mentioned them already. I don't think it came out as a kid's film or an adult film. It was somewhere in between. The... the I don't know, last third of the film, you could have done very differently. I, I, I don't think you needed to have him flying as much and, and, and all those. And I didn't think you needed to have the love interest element in there. Well, I think if they'd made this uh, just kept to a family drama, right? And you can have Eric in it, but he's more, he's, he's either a more mysterious figure. Yeah, like the kid who supposedly can fly and you never see him fly, right? Or you have Millie become, quote-unquote, a carer for him. And through that, the, her and her family are able to overcome the death of their father, right? For me, that's pretty much the only way you can go about it if you're going to keep this film serious, so I wouldn't recommend. I I <laughs> die is not going to like this, but yeah, it's not. It's not. Well, in in fairness, we don't know if he actually thinks the film is very good, <laughs> or whether he just likes and references those two particular scenes. And also, right, that scene he references it. It's not as bad as he makes out. I do remember it as a kid, though. I remember wincing. Remember thinking, "Oh, it's that. It's the it's the impact, isn't it? It's the." quick impact that you see look let's call it a day there any final points from you on this film i've said enough but uh, and if i talk anymore i'll probably just say something else negative about it and i don't want to yeah look it's um if you're interested in the film 
go and watch it, but it's not necessarily something that we would um, rush out to recommend to to the, the majority out there. Yeah. Anyway, podcasts are out every Wednesday. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. And if you've got any films you'd like us to do in the future, by all means, get in touch. Okay, ta-da.